What's up, everybody, man? This is going to be a short and sweet podcast today, uh, so you don't have to worry about hearing my voice for too long. Um, I had a situation that happened to me the other day that I feel God put in my spirit, and he opened my eyes. Um, and I want y'all to spread this word. Spread it. Um, and I'm going to be working on some things within the next uh, week to get it up and running because I feel like I can't waste time with it. Um, not to say that it'll be operational within a week, but it's, you know, I'm putting everything together. And uh, I feel like God showed me my new path. Um, I've been asking for, for years, you know, God, what, what, what else am I meant to do? How am I going to do this thing? Like what, what's my new passion? You know, when I was playing ball, it was a passion. So I knew how to grind and I knew how to work and I knew how to better myself and, and, you know, try to put money in the bank for the big payday, you know, and it didn't work out health issues, mental issues, whatever the case may be. Um, and I, when I say mental issues, y'all, I don't mean like I'm slow. I just mean um, there were mental blocks, right, that kept me from succeeding um, or mental blocks that stopped me from, from being the dog that I was. Um, so I had two encounters with two college athletes in the same day. And with the second encounter, um, that's when God kind of like opened my eyes. And I was like, you know what? That was so fulfilling to be able to impart wisdom and knowledge and uh, give a part of my life story and testimony to this person to try to help them. Um, that I want to do this. For anybody who needs it. And. uh, I want to. Well I am now. Turning. My path. Into being. A life coach. Something that I can make money off of. um, But it's not about the money. You know but. It's something I can. You know make a living off of. And enjoy doing. I love helping young people. I love helping. Uh, young kids. That's why I'm a high school football coach because I've always wanted to develop the young talent and get them to a place to where I had to struggle to get to. Right? I had to do all my recruiting on my own so I have knowledge about recruiting. I had to go through um, going to a, a, a no-name school to going to one of the best schools in the country. You know, two of the best schools in the country. Um, all within the span of a couple of years, you know, and I've got insight on even black colleges and and how, uh, uh, lower division schools are ran and and not to say that they are a low division, but uh, I think they were division two at the time, um, and still are, uh, but just having that know-how and that knowledge and that understanding and capacity to pass that on to other kids that are from the ages of, you know, if, if I, I really want to work with the kids who have it 
And but I'm also willing to work the kids that don't have it. My my goal is to help them realize life outside of sports and to give them a journey segueing away from it. But now here's the thing, uh and athletes can only talk to other athletes who have been on that journey and knows the lifestyle you have to live to achieve the things you're trying to achieve, right? And so, it is a lifestyle. So, parents, kids, if you're listening, parents, don't take away that your child's dream. If you got a big kid in your house or he's a, a, a nice-sized athlete kind of kid, and that kid wakes himself up 6 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning before school, and he going outside and he doing drills before school, don't stop that flow, right? Because he might have a shot. He has he has a, a an ability that can't be coached, right? Because how many kids, young kids, are getting up doing that? It's always kind of difficult to, to see it sometimes because some kids don't grow until later on. Um, but once they do and they're and they doing what they're supposed to do academically and athletically on the field, on the court or whatever, they have a shot. They have a legit shot. Um, nothing in this life is guaranteed, as we know. So... Never feel like it's going to happen. And all my years of coaching, I've only had a few kids that I knew was going to make it to that next level. Oh, for real. You know, and I'm coaching the third one right now. Right? Guaranteed. Like, it's guaranteed. Now, I've had other kids who I felt like were good enough to play at a higher level. But, I mean, guaranteed. Power five guaranteed hands down. You know, but and I'm on my third one right now. He's a youngin. He's 14 years old. Um But if this kid, you know, gets to a point in his life where he says, This ain't really what I want. I want something else. But I'm stuck. Cause this is all I know. You know, and if you listen to a lot of successful athletes, that's what they're gonna tell you. This is all I ever knew. This is all I ever known. You know, so my job and my want is to be able to give them a journey outside of sports. Right? And and, and you can put that journey on the back burner for now. But keep that passion for it. Right? That's my job. To help you keep that passion for this other journey. Because at some point... Regardless of how much you achieve in the sports world, it's going to end. Even if you just make it to college and you get there for a year and you decide, I ain't good enough. This is where my vote stops. Stick with it until they kick you off. Get that free money. Get that free education. Because that's another piece that's going to make your journey on this side easier. Regardless of what it is. I don't care what the degree is. Because a lot of times, it don't have to be anything special unless you're a doctor, lawyer, or something like that. Real specific. Other people don't care about what it is. You know what I'm saying? You just giving them 
the the insight to say, okay, he's a college graduate, we can give him a job at this level. You know what I'm saying? So you got that piece of your paper and of your puzzle in your back pocket. So um that's what I am going to be doing now. I feel like that would give me the most gratifying, satisfying um, um, thing in my life at this point in my juncture. Um, I can make money again. I can make a living, um, and I'll be and I would love waking up, going to work every day, making my own schedule, and helping people daily throughout the day. For however long I want and for however long it takes. You know, um, I don't like the word life coach, but I feel like it is a better thing than being a psychiatrist because I feel like psychiatrists just out for your money. From day one, we going to get stuff done. Like, I'm going to have sessions where you can just unload your crap and then I turn around and have a session where I give you advice on how to maneuver through that crap, right? When you deal with a psychiatrist, it's going to be four five sessions in probably before they even start giving you advice. They want you to unload everything. They give you 30 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour to allow you to unload crap, and you're going to pay $300 for this session. Now you're paying another $300 just to talk, just to talk, just to talk. When you can turn to Jesus and talk to Jesus and unload all your crap. Right, and I've heard you know, and, and I'm not ragging on them because I've heard people say that it does help them, but at the same time, they bleeding you dry. They are bleeding you dry, you know. And uh, I'm not gonna say that my goal ain't to be successfully financial, uh, financially successful. To uh, can't talk. My goal is to be financially successful on one hand but my biggest goal is to be able to help these young kids right i gotta live i got a family to provide for i got kids to provide for not a family family but um i got a son to provide for you know so of course i gotta make my money so don't turn your nose up at the black man who's trying to make his american dream come true right Know that I'm a good dude and I will never take you for your loot. So at any time, if you feel like what I'm doing is not helping your child um, or helping y'all, feel free to walk away. You know, feel free to walk away. But I will never be that guy who would just do it for the money. I've never been that dude. And God know my heart. Like, even when I wanted to make it to the NFL, I love the game that much to where I would have played for free. And when I did achieve that money, I had plans for that money already. Build up my church, build up my community, build my mom into my house. Then I take care of me. Right? Get, get everybody else everything they need and want. And then I take care of me. So I'm not a selfish person when it comes to that. And that's still my goal financially. Right? Give back to my community. Make sure my family's straight. 
then I can worry about me. But please spread, spread the word, man. And uh, I'm so excited about it. I'm legit excited about it because I knew it came from the Lord. Like, it's going to be a grind, but it's a grind that I don't mind grinding. You know, it's a grind that I don't mind diving deep into and, and, and putting everything together. I'll be working on a website um, within this next week. I'll be working on uh, different platforms because I want to do it virtually um, due to COVID and things of that nature. But I want to be able to just get out and help these kids. I want to help kids. And and I may, uh, I plan on segueing into like a relationship type deal. Now you look at me and you say, JJ, you ain't got no girlfriend. You ain't got no wife. How you going to help somebody? Because I know what not to do. We are some of the best people to get advice from. I never lead you wrong. Right? I never lead you wrong. Okay? I know the faults that I've had in my relationships. I know the faults that they've had with me in our relationship or or the faults that they made within our relationship. Um, but at the end of the day, guess what? We still talk. We still on a good page with each other. You know, so I can even teach you how to get past the point of not liking that person or your ex or whatever to be able to be cordial and to be friendly and to have a friendship even. Um, it takes a lot. But I want money grab you. I won't try to string it out. You know, I I'll get you there as fast as I can. You know, but you do have to do the work and you got to go through certain steps. And certain things take time. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's legit the truth. Certain things you just have to marinate in and let time heal. It's it's legit truth. Um, but if you're not willing to do certain things, if you're not willing to put in certain certain work, um, your relationship is always just gonna fail, right? I think the biggest thing, um, I give y'all this little piece of advice and then I'm gonna end it because I told y'all I wasn't gonna be on here long today. Um, I think the biggest thing for black love is that both parties come in with baggage a lot of times, um, which is always a no-no. The second thing is I think both parties always have in the back of their mind, when is it going to get boring? And how do I keep it from getting boring? And I was telling I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, um, and, and I'm sure I gave you this piece of advice uh on, on previous podcasts. Women always get men with potential. Men always get women at face value. So when a woman comes into the picture, if she cooking and cleaning and throwing that thing on you consistently. We happy. We content. Men are fighting in life to be content. We fighting in life to get that job or that, that opportunity so that we can just make money that we want to make, make good amount of money and sit on our butt. That's our passion in life. Women, they're always looking for the next thing, right? 
They always looking for the next thing. How can we scale? How can we grow? And that's not a bad thing, right? But it becomes a bad thing when it overshadows happiness. And when it overshadows a, a collective group of happiness between you two, right? If, if this man was already making six figures before you came into the picture, and you came in making $40,000, dollars $40,000 a year, it's not your place to tell him, baby, we need to make more money. That's not your place. All right? It's, it's just not. And you weren't even making this, so you should be content and happy with the upgrade that you done got. But a lot of times, that's not the case. It's, it's there for, I usually say a minimum of three to five years. That's the shelf life of happiness that a woman gives herself and being content with the person that she's with and the things that they have going on. But then it's like, well, baby, let's do something different. Let's let's change it up. Why? This is what's working. If nothing has changed, if nothing's not working, not if something was to shift, yes, you are a great asset in helping me scale or to keep the flow of things either where they're at and if we happen to make more money doing it great it's cliche and it's the same but it's true more money more problems more taxes <laughs> you know uh you you can definitely start to struggle if you're not in a sweet spot financially everybody should work to be comfortable and if that man is comfortable and, and your little coins help chip in with that comfortability, let it ride. Your life will be great. You can go on vacation whenever you want, especially if he got his own gig. You can you can go out and shop without having to worry about, or oh, is it money on his card? You can go pay your bills. Y'all good. Be happy. Women have to learn to be more content, right? I'm not saying that you have to stay stalemated because I know y'all get bored, right? But find something else that's not going to take away from your relationship. Money is always one of the biggest things that kills a relationship, right? Financial status or, or status, period. Stop living for status. Live for your joy and your peace and your happiness. Because if y'all break up, what's the first thing y'all going to post? Ain't nothing like a peace of mind. I love having my peace of mind. I love having my little space and opportunity or whatever the case may be. Right? It's the first thing y'all holler. You had that. You chose to dip in and try to make things uncomfortable. If that man ain't complaining to you, if you don't see a change in him that he ain't happy, leave it. And the reason I felt like women do this especially my black women because there's a certain level of insecurity that y'all carry you'll never let it be known right or you try not to let it be known but there's a certain level of insecurity that you carry and i feel like you try to beat the man to the punch of i'm not gonna let it get boring you're not gonna leave me because you feel bored with me so i feel like i gotta keep doing this new stuff or this different stuff because I'm not going to let you leave me. Right? 
that's my thought process behind it. I could be totally wrong. But I feel like that's where it comes from. The women always wanting more is because you feel as though at some point you become invaluable to us. And that's just you not having a good man. Because a good man is always going to take you at face value. He don't need you to come in and change nothing about his life. He just needs you to come in and compliment him. And vice versa. He should be doing the same thing for you. Right? I know we as men uh, will get with a woman. And, and I, I say, oh, she the baddest thing walking until we see another one. And so at the first sign, sometimes, and, and I'm talking about a bad dude. I ain't really talking about a good nigga now. But at the first sign of you trying to change, or you ain't giving it up like you used to, or you starting to do different things, he going to go out and seek others. Why? Because initially... <laughs> initially the woman he looking at now is going to be like if she ain't doing it baby I'll do it and of course she going to change right it always, that's always the case it's a revolving door because they got the same issues at the end of the day they got the same insecurities and the same issues well you left her because you got bored with her you going to leave me too or you gonna start messing with somebody else on the side, cause now you bored with me. So I gotta do this, that, and the other, so that you don't. And guess what? As a man, as a bad dude, he gonna do that. He gonna walk out and he gonna go find the next one. But that soul tie's already been there with the first one that he with, so he ain't gonna never really leave her until she walk out the door on her own. But the cure-all for me to all of that is find out what each other really love and really enjoy and do it for one another. Do that for one another. Surprise her at work one day with lunch. Surprise her at work one day with some flowers. Do the stuff that she loves. Keep her happy in that way. And I ain't gonna lie, sometimes we do that. And it don't mean a damn thing. Cause some women are so insecure that the shit you did last year is still on her mind. So when you being a sweetheart, all she can think about is the shit that you did to her last year. Oh, you try to make up for that. Even though you done did a hundred other things in between now and last year. Oh, you 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 just trying to do this to, to get you something tonight. That's how they'll look at you. And when you got a woman who look at you like that, dog, it's time to ride. Because you'll never be able to make her happy. Never. All she ever going to see... Is the negative. That's it. I got somebody. And I used to talk to her and I say. You know I miss doing this with you. 
And I know a lot of times she might be joking or whatever, but I know her. So I know that it's like, it's something that I did one time that make her always say, nah, but you ain't want to do it then. Or, nah, you ain't enjoy it while we was together. I'm like, yes, I did. I don't know what insinuation you got off of the one time that I said this that I didn't enjoy the time we spent together. It's always something, that, but that's something that just resides in a person who is insecurity issues mind. So women, check yourself. Make sure, right? And men too. I'm not just putting it on y'all. Men too, check yourself. Right? Because we insecure shit too. We are. Which is why we go out and get other women. Or as many women as we can get. To fulfill that insecurity of a woman scorning us. Most men cheat because they got cheated on early on in their life. During the ugly phase. Or the bummish phase. Or... That I didn't know how to hunch yet phase. Whatever the case may be. To the point where. They'll never really fully trust another woman. Even though I may fall in love with you. I may you know. I may have. This for you or whatever. But because. I got burned by this chick. I can never fully wrap my mind around. You being the one. That I have to have. Only. So I'm going to go out, I'm going to test the waters, I'm going to see how you feel about me when I knock it off. I'm going to see how you feel about me when I knock you off. I'm going to see how you feel about me when I knock you off. I'm going to see if I got the gumption and, 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 and uh, the whatever to even pull a chick like this. I'm going to see if I still got my game, so I'm going to go pull this chick. That's an insecurity issue with us. And again, I'm not blaming y'all because we was all young. Right? And I tell I tell teenagers now, never date a girl your age. Right? You can't go too low. And a lot of chicks who older than you ain't gonna talk to you at a certain age. Right? It's just not gonna happen. So as boys, we go through things different. When a girl get as they say, oh uh what's the show I love? The girl get her titties, right? She ain't taking them titties to this nigga that's her age. She ain't finna take them titties to a nigga that's younger than her. She wanna take them titties and see what kind of older nigga she can attract. Or when an older dude give her attention. Because now she feels beautiful. She feels valued. Right? So if she did have this little boyfriend before the titties came in. Now the titties done came in. And now older dudes looking at her. Especially a middle school kid and a high school dude looking at her. Oh, Mind blown. You can't. I couldn't stand girls my age. Mainly because of that. Right? I couldn't stand them. Like, what this nigga got, I ain't got. You feel me? It was more developed. This nigga's in high school. He's in the weight room. I wasn't. You know? But I felt like I still had more to offer. And I didn't. I didn't. But it's the natural order of things. Right? So from that, a lot of times, that's where boys start the cheating process or the insecurity process starts there.
It's nobody's fault. In my opinion, it's nobody's fault because we all teenagers and we all have to get that validation somewhere. I knew as a middle school kid, I couldn't go pull a high school chick. I knew I couldn't. But I tried. <laughs> when my brother was in high school, I was in elementary. And I remember going to dances and stuff, trying to fill up on high school girls. In elementary school, fifth grade. Remember that. I was always a bigger kid, so I looked older. I didn't look like no high schooler, but I probably looked like an eighth grader in the fifth grade. But it was just a sense of, from that, I kind of gained some uh, confidence. And be like, man, y'all little chicks ain't nothing. Which is probably why I talk to older females now. All right? Because I would never let a chick make me feel that insecure about myself again. But that's just a mental state that we all kind of go through. So when we get a certain age and we can date our own age or younger or older, when you get in that mess pot, you know, just certain things and certain people make you feel a certain way. But I already overextended my time. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, I love y'all. Continue to listen. Please, please, please uh, promote the business. Uh, um promote the podcast let's make this money it's 2021 we got a lot to gain baby all right i love y'all i'm out